May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This week, the Washington Post ran a story about Artem Dalgapyat, the second person ever from Israel's national team to win a gold medal at the Olympics. Artem was immediately hailed as a national hero. People were ecstatic over this win. Israel was once again propelled into the spotlight, this time into a really good spotlight. One thing, though, that gold off of Mr. Dalgapiat's medal started to tarnish a little bit, almost immediately. Not because of anything he did, and the real medal still looks good. He's still very much a national hero, but rather what emerged from this story of triumph and victory of winning this gold medal was an alternative story that kind of started started, um, being told because the nation of Israel won't actually allow this national gold medalist to marry his longtime girlfriend in Israel because the nation's religious oversight board refuses to recognize Mr. Dalgapyat as someone who is Jewish. In Israel, to get married, you have to marry in a house of worship. Civil marriages, secular marriages, are not allowed. And because Mr. Dalgapiat is Jewish on his father's side, but not on his mother's side, the chief rabbinate of Israel has ruled that he is not Jewish and therefore cannot marry in Israel at all. The national hero, the second gold medalist in the nation's history, shut out, disregarded by the religious establishment. Sound familiar? We just heard this. Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Anytime we think that we are very different from people in biblical times, we are kidding ourselves. Same song, second verse. Discrimination, exclusion, a need to always play by the rules. Continues in this day and age too. In the words of meditation master Kelsang Gyatso, normally we divide the external world into that which we consider to be good or valuable, bad or worthless, or neither. Most of the time these discriminations are incorrect or have little meaning. For example, our habitual way of categorizing people as friends, enemies, and strangers, depending on how they make us feel, is both incorrect and a great obstacle to developing impartial love for all living beings. Humans divide. 
Even when we're presented with good news like a gold medal at the Olympics or even greater news, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never be hungry. There's something about that abundance of God's kingdom that makes us want a greater piece of the pie than what our neighbor gets. We want a little bit more, and we somehow try to always get ahead, and we forget to develop impartial love for all living beings. And while this gospel reading makes one of the boldest claims of Jesus yet, we need to see why this might have been written in the manner in which it was. This reading is seeking to strengthen the initial hearer's faith, to strengthen our faith, to help us find new ways to believe. And the reading is preaching good news directly to a community of people that are struggling to get by. Most importantly, because they don't fit in at all. Around the year 100, when the Gospel of John was written, Christianity was misunderstood, ridiculed, discounted, and basically ignored by the Roman Empire. Now, these great persecutions that we all learned about in school, they hadn't really happened just yet. But if there was a problem in the area where you lived, especially if it was somebody's problem who was a person of influence, it's probably likely that a Christian would have been to blame. Being a Christian did you no favors in society. And if you were going to follow Jesus, you needed to feel empowered. John's Gospel writes this story with that in mind. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the source that all of everything that we need to ever know how to live a full life as a human being. He too was discriminated against, ridiculed, mocked. He knew about being shut out or dismissed or disregarded. Yes, Jesus, the bread of life, knew that kind of rejection. But that doesn't stop his proclamation. He ultimately proclaims that he lives his life in this world with the blessing of God Almighty. And that life that he lives in this world, that life is lived for us. For all of humanity with an impartial love for every single living person that is, was, and will be. And Jesus does this to nurture us into our fullest selves. Not so that we can be condemned by God or somehow judged in a harsh way, but rather so that we can be transported into a reality of living that far surpasses anything that we know. A reality of a world where the blind see, the lepers are healed, and the hurts and the brokenness and those places in our life that we think of as an absolute mess, that those places are ultimately restored and healed. The bread of life brings us back to our best selves. Jesus begins a process with us that helps us see ourselves, 
our lives, our whole being. Jesus helps us start seeing ourselves as God sees us, with an impartial love for all living things. Now that might be kind of a scary experience. I don't say that I often spend time at night always praying for me to see myself like God sees me. I might do that if I think God likes me that day. But otherwise, that's scary. And Jesus bringing this bread of life into the world is seeking to nurture us to this exact level of acceptance, to nurture us into a place where we, through our prayers and through our actions and through our our knowledge and love of God, we begin to do ministry in the world in Jesus' name because we start taking on, little by little, attributes of Jesus and all he is and all he does for the entire world. The bread that comes down from heaven gets passed to you through your interaction with Christ, and then you get to pass this living bread to another person. Jesus makes the first move. He opens a window to our heart and our mind and our spirit. He opens this window to to our greatest dreams and our fullest potential, and he gives us the fuel to to become those precious, cherished, fully whole and beloved creatures that God imagined all of us to be at the very beginning of time. Jesus starts this change in us, this transformation, this metamorphosis from darkness to light, from sin to righteousness, literally from death to life. Now, many of you may know I normally conclude a sermon with some type of an action item, something that we should do. But today, our action item is to receive a blessing from God. Our action is to to let Jesus bless us and to give us that bread of life, that sustenance, that energy, that fuel, that creativity and awareness from God to start taking on the properties of Jesus right here, right now, and to start building up and cultivating that impartial love for all living things so that the light truly comes into the world by the bread of life coming down from heaven. That bread of life that is now fully alive and fully at work in us. No more tarnished metals, no more barriers, no more limits and put-downs and discrimination and exclusion from participating fully in the life of the kingdom of God. In Jesus, All of those barriers are gone. The bread of life is here, a free gift with us right now. So let God bless you today. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Jesus is the bread of life, and he's giving his life so that you will be included, so that you will be championed, so that you will be more fully alive in him right here, right now, and forever.